This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 14th of June. In your Squiz today, action on gun violence in the US, the energy supply crisis, South Australia and a First Nations voice to Parliament, and the Queen breaks another record. This is your Squiz today. Starting in the US this morning, Claire, and it seems there's some bipartisan movement on gun violence with a framework for federal legislative reform being put forward by a group of Democrat and Republican senators. If a deal gets done, it could see the US Congress deliver the most significant national response to gun violence in decades. A long way to go before that happens, of course. It's an incredibly complex and divisive issue. But take us through what's being proposed. So the framework is for federal legislative reforms and it covers things like gun ownership checks uh, along with investments in mental health services and school security measures. As you say, it is a complex thing, but the fact that 20 senators have come together, 10 from the Democrats and 10 from the Republican Party, to agree to get something done on gun law reform is very significant. Uh, If they are able to put meat on those framework bones uh, and get legislation through the Senate. As you say, it'll be the first time in almost 30 years that that's been able to happen. Uh, The fact that they have 10 Republicans uh, sign up to work on this is quite significant because if it does stick together, it means that they have a really good chance of getting laws passed. One survivor of a mass shooting says this is progress, even if small. The other big thing happening in politics in the US at the moment is the January 6 hearings. Public hearings into the attack on the US Capitol have started after a year of investigations. Yeah, so what that committee is doing is basically laying out the case that Donald Trump was behind what became those very ugly attacks on the US Capitol. Uh, That, of course, was a bid to stop the certification of Joe Biden's presidential win. Those hearings started on Friday. There was an incredible video that was really a sort of timeline between what was happening at the Capitol, uh, Donald Trump's speech. Uh, Remember, he gave a rousing speech where he called for everyone to be very tough and take action. And then those ugly attacks and what happened within that Congress precinct. Uh, It attracted a big audience on Friday. More than 20 million Americans tuned in to watch that, which was more than the NBA finals. So there's a lot of interest in it. Uh, Hearings will continue and they have overnight. Uh, They're looking today into what they call the big lie. So Trump's claims that voter fraud had been committed. I'll pop a link to that video in your episode notes. It really is quite something to watch. Some committee members say they reckon there's enough evidence for prosecutors to consider a criminal indictment against Trump. That's a move that would be unprecedented, but at the end of the day, that is up to the US Justice Department. On to issues closer to home now. It seems that relations between Australia and China could be thawing just a little with Defence Minister Richard Marles meeting with his counterpart. It's the first face-to-face meeting between ministers from the two countries in almost three years. 
Yeah, it hasn't been a lot of love between Australian and Chinese officials of late. That, of course, has been a real problem when it came to the Morrison government's uh, aim to try and smooth things over or at least talk to China about what they were doing. Uh, They often complained that they weren't even getting phone calls returned. But it seems that a changing government uh, might also bring some engagement between Australian and Chinese officials. What Richard Miles, who is also the Deputy Prime Minister, a along with being Defence Minister, said is that when he was at a security conference in Singapore, he was able to have a full and frank discussion uh, with China's Defence Minister. He hopes that that dialogue stays open. There's still a long way to go when it comes to the relationship, pundits say. But while we're on international relationships, the government has agreed to pay French shipbuilder Naval Group $830 million after the Morrison government walked away from that $90 billion submarine deal. Prime Minister Albanese hopes the settlement will draw a line under the issue so that everyone can move on. The energy crisis here at home is a twofold one of price and supply. The supply part of the crisis becomes a bit more real for some on the East Coast with warnings of blackouts. People in Queensland were even asked to turn off unused appliances to conserve supply yesterday. Yeah, what's happened particularly in Queensland is that they have had a real cold snap. And what regulators say is that many, many people are continuing to run their reverse cycle air conditioning overnight. That's really put a big strain on the electricity system there. So when it came to yesterday, the energy regulator said that the power plants needed to fire up. Some of them had stopped producing electricity because it's become very expensive to do that with coal and gas prices sky high. The regulator pushed them into producing more and that avoided blackouts yesterday. But it's still an ongoing problem today. Both Queensland and New South Wales are looking at possible blackouts. So there'll probably be a lot of action from the regulator again today. Analysts say that the sector is in a crisis it's going to be difficult to fix in the short term. The question of an Indigenous voice to Parliament was put on the national agenda straight away by Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. South Australia, though, isn't waiting to see what develops at a federal level. They are set to begin talks on a state version of the First Nations voice to Parliament with plans to launch it next year. Yeah, and that's being driven by the state's Attorney General, Kyam Ma. He's the state's first Aboriginal Attorney General. He's also the Aboriginal Affairs Minister. Uh, what he says is that they don't need to hang around to wait and see what is happening at a federal level, that they're able in South Australia to produce a sort of model that would give an Indigenous voice to the South Australian Parliament uh, and that would give Indigenous voices uh, a clearer line into the decisions that affect their lives. We do have a squiz shortcut on an Indigenous voice to Parliament. It's a good one to get across because it's clearly going to be coming up a fair bit. Just search for squiz shortcuts in your podcasting app. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. In entertainment news now, actress Rebel Wilson has a new partner. She's dating fashion designer Ramona Agruma. But it made international headlines over the weekend because of accusations a gossip columnist from the Sydney Morning Herald forced her to come out with the announcement. 
Yeah, this really unfolded over the weekend. If you were tuning into sort of celebrity news, I guess, uh, late last week, you might have seen that Wilson updated her Instagram followers about her new relationship. Uh, but as we came to know over the weekend, it seems to be because uh, a Sydney Morning Herald journalist asked her questions about the relationship and gave her a Friday afternoon deadline to respond because he was going to write it up for Saturday's paper. That ended up being a column about how unimpressed he was that Wilson uh, went public to gazump him by informing her Instagram followers ahead of it. That then led to uh, international headlines as supporters uh, accused the journalist of trying to out Wilson. Uh, lots of comments about in this day and age, how could this still be happening? Um, the Sydney Morning Herald backed their journalist and said that Wilson had been posting pictures uh, of her new girlfriend on social media in recent weeks. Um, but where things landed yesterday was that the journalist, uh, a guy named Andrew Hornery, uh, pulled the column down and he apologised. Rebel Wilson says she has been trying to handle the situation with grace, but yes, a big one across the weekend in entertainment news. While we found out the Queen has some pretty good acting chops recently, she's also not done breaking records. As of yesterday, she's now the second longest serving monarch in history. 70 years, 127 days on the throne. That saw Queen Elizabeth overtake Thailand's king, uh, who died in 2016. Uh, she has one ahead of her, and that is Louis XIV uh, of France. He ruled in the 16th century. He holds the record of 72 years and 110 days. So she's got two years ahead of her to get to that yeah. record. So fingers crossed for her. 2024, it's a little while away. She is, though, the longest reigning female monarch in world history, the oldest reigning queen ever, and the oldest British monarch ever. So she's got a few records there. Squiz the day, Claire. What are you taking note of today? It's birthdays today for Donald Trump and for Boy George. They seem like an unlikely <laughs> pair, but there you go. Oh, whatever that star sign is, that's an interesting <laughs> mix. It is also World Blood Day today. A good reminder to give blood if you can. It's a tricky time with supply because people are cancelling appointments because of COVID or the flu. The Squiz Kids podcast actually did an awesome little deep dive into blood, what exactly it is, why doctors test your blood when you're sick, a really cool little analogy about donuts and blood types. Jump into Squiz Kids on Apple Podcasts and subscribe for that bonus content. It's a good one for the 8 to 12-year-olds in your life who are always a little bit curious about these kinds of things. That's all from us today. Have a good one and we will be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.